go and top that. Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Top of That, your weekly favorite podcast where we discuss a variety of things, uh, ranging from pop culture, movies, music, current events. We throw a little improv in there. They're usually in list form, uh, ranging or starting at our five, counting down to one, but sometimes... Sometimes we do a little hat draw episode. Just sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, my name is Sabrina. I am here always with my brother Derek. Hello. And his roommate and our very good friend Nate. Hello. How are we doing tonight, guys? Doing good. I, we switched places. Mm-hmm. I realize why you sit in this chair. This is amazing. It's a nice chair, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm going to move. Now I can lean back. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> Nate's going to move the mic just a little further away. Um, this, uh, yeah, we switched spots. This is a nice little change of pace for me, too. I sat on the floor the last two podcasts, then I sat in the chair, and then now I'm on the bed. It's nice. Uh, you know, a little change of scenery. It's a warm summer evening. It is muggy. It's very muggy here in Portland. Uh, but... We're here enjoying the evening by candlelight, as usual. It is Muggy Bugs up in here. Muggsy Bugs. Whatever happened. I don't know. They just, you know. After Space Jam, I feel like everything went downhill. I heard that he, he bought a bunch of cars, lost all of his money, strippers and cocaine. You know that whole chestnut. Because of Space Jam? Yeah. Because he turned into an alien and he knew what the other side was, no? It's just that Space Jam money. I mean, <coughs> what was he going to do? I don't know. What would you do if you are in Space Jam? You'd probably blow it on hookers and cocaine and cars. Probably wouldn't. Well, if you're Muggsy Bugs, you would. He only likes two of those things. Money and cars. It's true. <laughs> no hookers. Definitely no strippers for Nate. You think Muggsy, Muggsy was into Space Jam money? You don't think he had basketball money still? No, I was just fucking with you guys. I have no idea what happened to Muggsy Pogues. <laughs> okay, I didn't even plan this shit, but we haven't let him know what topic we're doing tonight, and the topic... Space Jam? Tell them what we're doing so I can tell them. <laughs> okay. So first I'll get this out of the way. Find us on Instagram, guys. Uh, top that dude on Instagram. T-O-P-T-H-A-T-D-U-D-E. Uh, we always put additional content. Uh, we try to make it relatable to our podcast every week. Uh, we play some games in the stories. We do a little hot or not. We do a little movie quote challenge. Um, so follow us. Get your friends to follow us while you're at it. Um, make sure that you subscribe 
to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate it five stars if you feel up to it. And then also leave a, leave us a review um, if you'd be so kind. So getting into our list this week, we are going to discuss our top five favorite uh, intro scenes to movies. And that, you know, it, we're not setting a time limit on it. It's just the either your opening scene, your first, you know, setting, 30 minutes, whatever, however long it is. Um, we're, yeah, we're discussing those. Up until like your first act. Yeah. We didn't even plan this. The opening scene to Space Jam. One of the best. So good. Yeah. And he's talking to his dad. Yeah. It's good. And then all of, like the opening credits. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's awesome. Very entertaining. I'm thoroughly entertained. Are you? You seem, you seem like it. I'm very excited <laughs> for this. We haven't done, I feel like it's been a few episodes that we haven't done movie related things. Yeah, it's been a while. It's a good. Yeah. This is where I fly. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're. Yeah. I mean, we're we're all three of us are pretty well versed in movies and pop culture, so this is gonna be good. Um, I feel like I have watched the same movies over and over throughout my life, and I was kind of surprised at what made my number one, but. These are all good intros for me. I really like, really like them. And uh, my uh, my uh, runners up list is good too. But I have so many. Yeah, this was a hard one to to cut down. Um, there might be one that you and me have, and it's my. I just because it's gonna be my number one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see. Nate, how do you feel about yours? I'm excited. Yeah, I've been ready wanna... to do this before. The intro, the the intro scene of getting like how many times have you been in a movie theater? You're like, oh fuck yeah, like to the opening scene that just set up something so good. Right. A good. That was the only thing. Do you guys remember? Oh. <coughs> there was a movie, um, came out five or six years ago. Awesome cast. Uh, it was called Triple Nine. It had Casey Affleck, Anthony Mackie, Aaron Paul, uh, Gal Gadot, who's the Kate Winslet, and um, a couple other people. And it was uh, the opening scene was a bank robbery, and they're in a van, and one of the blue, like the tracer die packs goes off, mm -hmm. and it's this orange cloud of smoke. So it's this van on the freeway going like 70 miles an hour, and they have both the sliding doors open, and it's just billowing orange smoke. Um, it's a great scene. Yeah, opening scenes can be extremely impactful for the movie. Mm. I mean, they set the tone. I think my point I was going with that was that was easily the best part of the movie. Yeah. The movie just kind of went downhill after that. Oh, that sucks. It does suck because it, it was a great movie. Yeah. But we're going to talk about all things that are the beginnings of the movies. Who wants to kick us off? I went first last time. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go second. Nathan. Okay. My number five is I fucking love the opening scene to the first Ace Ventura movie. When he's delivering that package in in disguise as the HDS delivery guy. And he fucking 
the hell are you on? <laughs> and he's got, he starts, he's carrying it at first, and he's just kind of making his way through the sidewalk traffic, and then he starts fucking up the box, and he's kicking it around, and... Soccer style yeah, kick it. Yeah, he freaking soccer style kicks it, <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. We're going downtown. Do you... When he's got it caught in the elevator. Yeah. No, that's... I can't believe this is going to make my list. Yeah. The way he starts mishandling this package is so hilarious. And you clearly tell everything's broken in there. And he just becomes so blatantly disregarding of the care of it. And then <laughs> when he gets to the... Obviously, the freaking elevator slams it shut. Then he gets into the hallway kicks it, and then he does, like, I think it's way before, he does some weird fucking, like, a uh, back, or a somersault sort of thing, where yeah, he right here. kicks it in his legs. It's so damn it's, funny. He scorpion kicks it. It's, <laughs> the way he dances around it, it's so hysterical. Right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right here. We're going downtown. It's so funny. And then he swindles the guy, steals the dog, the you know, the the escape scene the where the guy's beaten up on his car, and that sets the tone for his car the whole rest of the movie. The scene is fucking hysterical. I love it. It's flooded. We'll just wait a while. It's so are you hungry, yeah, Bella? You're dead. You're there dead. you go. It's so good. Or we can try it now. This is early. I mean, not super early, but this is early in Jim Carrey's, like, rise of success. He had already been doing In Living Color, and he did, he probably did that once bit movie, that vampire movie, and a couple other things, but this was, you know, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask were right around all at the same time, and this movie is so funny. He's such a funny fellow. That oh is, I think I can um, say, hands down... Uh, Pet Detective is my favorite Ace, uh, Jim Carrey movie. It's really good. It's de it's definitely up there. And I have to think about what would be my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I don't think anything will beat it for me. 23. Is that your favorite? No. No. I was so disappointed with that movie. I know a lot of people that really love Eternal Sunshine. I do. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um. What's it called? Truman Show? Yeah, Truman Show's so good. Uh, Man on the Moon? That's so good. He's so good in that. And if for you guys listening out there, if you haven't seen the, the Netflix documentary, Jim and Andy, and it's about Jim Carrey's process of playing Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's it's. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. I fucking love Jim Carrey. He's a he's a sweet, gentle diamond in the rough. We need, we need a good Jim Carrey movie lately. We haven't had one in a while. I don't know if he's gonna give us one. He's been doing that show on Showtime, which I haven't watched yet, but um, I want to. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember. They call it like Happy or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, but I would like to see him in another, you know, feature film. Also, for you, kidding. That's oh, the name yeah, of the yeah. show. Kidding. Yeah. I run into a lot of people that have never seen 
the show in living color. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. That's it's a sketch show uh in the 90s that started the careers of Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, uh Sean and Damon Wayans. Um J Lo was a fly girl. Rosie Perez was the choreographer for the Fly Girls. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people on that show. Um and that was some of Jim Carrey's fucking greatest work. That sketch comedy was so good. I loved it. Yeah, Jim Carrey on In Living Color is phenomenal. So hilarious. But yeah, that the physical comedy, it's mostly his physical comedy that's in that intro on Ace Ventura. I mean, that's he's very physical in that movie throughout, but he doesn't say a whole lot in that whole opening scene. It's all him fucking up that package. Got <coughs> <coughs> a package here, people? Yeah. HDS, sir, coming through. That's my number five. Starting off with comedy. Yeah. That's a good five. My number five is a sports movie. My number five is Above the Rim. Oh. I don't remember the intro to that. I, and I'm assuming that you haven't seen this movie. Nope. Um, it's, it's a movie. It's a basketball movie. It's a gritty basketball movie with Tupac in it. He's the villain. Um, but the, uh, the opening scene starts with tragedy. It's, uh, 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 his name is Leon. He goes by one name. He's the main guy and cool runnings. Mm-hmm. So if you remember him, yeah, he is this guy in this, but think of like a very like, uh, damaged individual and he's very quiet. Okay. My number five is a sports movie. It's called above the rim. And Tupac is the villain in this. It's a late 90s movie. And it stars uh, a couple people. Uh, One of them is Dwayne Martin. Uh, He doesn't have like a huge library of movies behind him. But the other guy, his name is Leon. He just goes by one name. And he is also the main character in Cool Runnings, if you guys remember him. Nice, yeah. Right. Okay, so... um, the start of the movie is tragedy, and it's uh, shot in black and white. The new movie's not black and white. Also, uh, this movie has uh, a very good performance by Bernie Mac, who plays a bum. Um, oh, that's that's a really sad part, isn't it? Or no? Well, he's he's in a lot of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Tupac's brother. But what's okay? What's the opening scene? So the opening scene is. Um, it shows why I think Leon is uh, a damaged character, and it's he was a really good basketball player, and he's playing one on one on a rooftop, and he gets into it's it's less of an argument, but like see what you can do, see if you can do what I can do, and they start hitting, see you can like jump high enough to hit uh, the backboard, so you keep can keep like hitting higher and higher and higher on it uh-huh. and he's talking shit to his friend the whole time and he's like fucking stop me foul me do anything you know and then they they, they like start going to this and he keeps like goading his friend and his friend uh takes a couple steps backwards and starts running and hits the backboard and it breaks and he falls off the roof and dies Jeez. so and that's this and then he kind of wakes up 
like he, which shows the audience that it's a reoccurring nightmare, uh-huh. and um, then showers and starts, and the movie starts. Oh, so and Pain by Tupac plays during yeah. the opening credits. So that's my number five is the opening scene of Above the Rim. Huh. I don't remember that. It's been a really long time since I've seen that. I haven't seen that since probably when it came out. It's a pretty crazy it. intro. <laughs> oh, did you watch it? Yeah, when I had this going while you were talking. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, like going up and hitting that backboard, and then you're falling off the roof. Right, yeah. and he's like screaming his name when he falls. It's right here. Yeah, they're just talking. Looks like they're just jabbing, jarring at each other. I think they throw some money down. Like they're gonna bet on it. Yeah, that's um. But what a way to go. Yeah. Mm. So he takes a couple steps backwards. I feel like they're inside. Like he jumps out a window. Those look like windows. Later. Yikes. Oh, yeah, that happens fast. Oh, boom. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. Fuck. Couldn't touch the rim. Right. <laughs> got too high above the rim. You got bad legs, can't jump. Yeah. Boom, roasted. Uh, yeah, that's an, that's a kind of a tragic way to open a movie. Right. It is. But it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. It's probably, it's one of my... Yeah. Uh... No, I really do. I got, nothing, I got nothing bad to say about it. Uh, I love the um, redemption that Marlon Wayans gets at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, which had to have been... Could you imagine Marlon Wayans... I, I imagine being in an actual room with the real Tupac would be fucking polarizing. Yeah. I'd be mortified. At that time? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the height of Tupac's career, yeah. I'd be mortified. Just um, In the parlance of our times? In the parlance exactly. of our times. And to read a script that says, you get to shoot Tupac at the end of this movie. Right. Um, right into the chest. Did Harry shot Tupac? Hell yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, nice one. Yeah. So, Above the Rim is my number five I'm intro. I'm going to need to rewatch that movie. It's a good one. No. Back when DVDs were a real thing and I collected them. Oh, I was still catching VHSs. My number five is one that I know both of you haven't seen. So I'm going to play this while I start talking to you. And it's the intro to The Watchmen. So you guys both told me you haven't seen The Watchmen. Have not. The, the Watchmen is a superhero movie that it's... They have superpowers, but they're not like... It's kind of like the boys gritty type normal people kind of doing superhero stuff dressed as superheroes. Some of them have powers. Like there's one called Rorschach that he has this mask that like it's a Rorschach test mask mm-hmm. and it morphs with him and they like they have some strength and stuff. There's a guy called Dr. Manhattan who actually is a, it's like he melded with some elements or something. I can't remember the story exactly but it became like this blue god pretty much. But anyway, this whole intro is they introduce all the characters throughout time and it's events that actually happened. Yeah. So it's like Pearl Harbor going to World War II, uh, the Kennedy assassinations in here, but they like pepper in these superheroes within the things and it's all done in slow motion and I'm pretty sure there's like voiceover of describing, you know, in the 1960s, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, but it's just, it's really, and it's, it's it's a very graphic, it's based on a graphic novel. Yeah. But it's shot very graphic novel-esque, like the high contrasty, right. like special effects. And this intro really sets up the, just like the cinematic tone right. of everything else that follows. And the characters, you can kind of expect what they're, like yeah, how, you they're, kind how of they're integrated. Sense, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, one of the guys, one of the hero guys, uh, is one of the guys that shoots Kennedy. Yeah. But then you also see that it's not like, there's a bunch of superheroes, or superheroes all over, but some are actually adored, and some are, like, crazy. Right. But then here's, like, that's the girl that was kissing the sailor. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, lesbian whore, so, you know, there's, like, turmoil. Right. They, they the got their own problems. Too. Yeah, it sets yeah. the, like... It's a good movie. I've it's always been on one of those like back burners. Like I need to watch that movie because I love those the comic book book movies and the graphic novel stuff. Like I really enjoy that kind of fantasy, you know, whatever nerdy kind of thing. But uh, I remember when this was coming out, and one of my coworkers was super excited about it. He was just jacked, and I never ended up watching it. Oh, John! <laughs> yeah, it's all over the place. Um, Jesus. And they're coming out with a series on HBO, right? Yep. It's not another like, movie, it's an actual, like, a series. They put in one of the guys like he was the one that shot him. Uh, I'm gonna watch that. So yeah, it's coming out as a series. Uh, the series doesn't look like it's connected to the movie. Yeah. I doubt it is. But it looks like it has the same tone. And like the same, it's it's a heavy movie if I remember correctly. Like there's a lot, it's dark and yeah. It the the trailer for the series looks so intense and looks very entertaining. Like I'm very I don't know any backstory on the Watchmen. Like I'm not I'm not up on it. Right. I don't know what the 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 story is supposed to be. You know it. I'm really in the dark on it, but just seeing the trailer and what they have to show you to get you pulled in is super cool. Right. Uh, There's a line in the movie that's one of the most badass lines that I think I've ever heard, and it's Rorschach gets arrested because he's kind of like the wild card, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it whether I'm going to get in trouble for it or not. I feel like I have to. I'm going to do it. And he gets unmasks and brought in. He's, like, put in jail. And someone, it's either a cop or one of the inmates, they're like, oh, now you're trapped in here with us. And he goes, no, you got it wrong. You're trapped in here with me. Jesus. And, like, the next scene is him just beating the piss out of a bunch of people that tried to jump him. Oh, wow. It's so cool. He's, like, this little Irish uh, redhead guy, too. He's not, like, a big brute dude. He's just, just like... Ginger snap. Yeah, he's, like, me, but if I got jacked and had just an attitude of, I'm gonna eat your face. Jesus. Yeah. It's it's cool. I would not like to run into that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Number four. My number four is kind of a tie of two different movies but the shots are very similar in why i like them and so my number four is the revenant and with the sidecar of the hateful eight the revenant's my number four as well hey um so do you want to table it until we get to your number four no we can just do it now okay 
Um, I love that opening scene. The The way they filmed that and all the natural lighting they used and all the shots is so beautiful. That whole first, like, like it's one, one, sh- it's one, one take. Yeah, it's one, one take, take battle yeah, right. is unreal. It's crazy. crazy. And it's basically, I, if I remember correctly, you kind of come in like panning in and then coming through the trees and then once you get to Leo you kind of just circle him. Kind of yeah, so it, it's a low shot and you, I mean you're coming through the woods and you don't see anybody yet and then it, it's down low in the water and then all of a sudden you start to see like you can tell there's a body, you don't see his face yet and then you see another one, you see a gun come in, you can tell they're kind of lurking through the woods and then it comes around and I'm pretty sure the first face you see, if not it might be the second, but then you see Leo's face. Yeah. That creeping up in the water, and they used all natural light in this. It's so visually stunning and so good. And then when you get to that battle scene, it's crazy. The, this and entire, the, the fact that it's one shot. This it's, entire movie was a cinematic masterpiece. Absolutely. Absolutely. It Beautiful. is so cool. So, so cool. Whoever did the scouting, too, did a fantastic job. Right. Director of photography, can you imagine? Ugh. So nuts. And when the arrows start flying, and they start running towards the water, and they start bailing, and, you know, what do they say? Leave the pelts, or get the pelts, or something. They're yelling about the pelts. They're yelling to get to the boat. Everybody's freaking out. And all those Native Americans are there to fuck shit. When they get on horseback is my favorite part. It's so good. But I love this this one continuous shot. And that's what I love about the opening of The Hateful Eight. That long Tarantino musical, you know, following that path of that, what is it, like a, a horse and buggy thing carriage or whatever and it's just that long continuous shot i love that shit and the light of that was so pretty too we should talk about hateful eight on yours and revenant on mine right but so can we pull up the hateful eight real quick well maybe we didn't even get to the good part well we finish it then sorry you chose to do two for your number (laughs) start (laughs) your Old man Danzel over here with the freaking World War Two cough. Why don't you shut up? Why don't you shut up? Oh, you, with all this. the coughing. I think I fucking need this. And you're literally manspreading like crazy. Right Am now. I? Yeah. <coughs> Spread on her, dude. Ew. Gross. <laughs> That's his sister. I'm your sister. Uh, yeah. So the hateful eight. This long shot in the snow setting up kind of like the the what is it like kind of like the territory that they're in it's visually beautiful stunning shot it helps too that he used that extra wide film right pretty it's so here. pretty and there's one part where they where he holds for so long waiting and then it kind of pans over to the cross i think as the horse is coming by i tarantino's intros are great 
the Weinstein Company. I know. Company. I know. Do you, though? I do. The hate blade is so good. Is Harvey Weinstein in jail? Mm, I don't think so. Should be. Hey, everybody hear that Epstein offed himself, kind of? But mm. probably got killed? Yeah. Uh, tons of people are already pushing the, the conspiracy theory of the Clintons. Well, duh. Did Clintons did it. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> what? So dumb. That freaking meme, though, that you shared with us. The last visitor to see Epstein in prison. Looked like Hillary Clinton dressed up like Mike Ditka. <laughs> Hillary Clinton with a mustache and sunglasses. Fat aviators. Clinton is Einhorn. Einhorn is Clinton. Yeah. Clinton is Epstein and Epstein is Clinton. It's so funny. Oh my god. Two great modern westerns. Al Gore, rewind. For the number four. Two what? It's a great modern westerns. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Those that Revenant shot, that's probably, that's definitely... Well, both of those are the newest movies for sure on my list. But they, I mean, I don't think you cannot have them. Grizzly! Grizzly! Fuck you. They're I was so just about good. to say that. Grizzly. <laughs> waiting for her to stop talking. I know. I, was, I had the scratch all the way up. I was holding it there. Grizzly. Oh. Uh, what does fucking... What does Peter say? Did anybody make a a, a something an old joke about Brian's girlfriend yet? <laughs> oh yeah, and, and Jennifer Tandy or something yeah. like that. And then Chris says he's got. Ah, I was gonna say no, it. He runs downstairs, yeah. and as he's running downstairs, Chris walks in and says, "Ah, damn it!" <laughs> yeah, Jessica Tandy. <laughs> anybody make a Jessica Tandy joke yet? How do we feel about opening the door for the bad news? Is it, is it too uh, loud or something? Well, if we're going to stop, we need to call it out so I can be ready right. with the pen. <laughs> Sorry. These brats are fucking perps, though. Ooh, that's a nice sound. That's so nice. Good? Yeah. Yeah. I think Good, I'm, I'm going to stop my fan and just listen to that. I'm going to slide one into my number four. Okay. So well, there's one I really want to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah, so my number four, The Revenant and The Hateful Eight on the side. Uh, to me, those shots are similar. I mean, they're highly, very, very different, but they remind me of each other. Derek? Uh, my number four is a Matt Damon movie in the 90s. It's Rounders. Oh. Mmm. You're going to have to paint this picture for me. I will. Do you remember what Randers is about? The Ned Poker game? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, Matt Damon is a law student in New York City. And he... It's I a, love Matt Damon. Yeah. It's Matt a, Damon. It's a narration of... Um, the very first lines of the movie is him, like, tucking his girlfriend in to, like, sleep. And he's going to random places in his apartment, like, behind a painting... And then inside of a VHS tape, he's getting stacks of money, mm -hmm. like all of his hiding spots. And um, he gets $30,000, all of his money. And he's like, uh, I made my way through half a law school playing cards. And uh, he gets everything he has. And he's like, but I'm going to make a, a, a run at uh, Vegas, like the World Series of Poker. And this is before poker got big. Mm -hmm. And um, he gets it. 
And when he sits down, he sits at a table with two other, three other people, and one of them is John Malkovich, who uh, plays uh, this Russian guy named Teddy KGB. And he's explaining how uh, Texas Hold'em works, like to your average viewer. Mm-hmm. And he sits down, and he gets dealt Ace Nine. He gets dealt two cards of Texas Hold'em, and and the flop comes Ace Nine something random. And so he got two pairs. He's exp- yes, he's explaining. Um, um what's going on there's like a few thousand dollars that goes into the table and uh another nine comes on the turn which gives him a full house uh-huh. so he has three nines and two aces and he's like now i my guess is that teddy is on a flush draw so i hope a spade comes he makes his flush and i i beat him and i scoop him for a bunch of money and uh the spade the spade does come and uh He's like, okay, I got everything I wanted. And he uh, he checks, because it's his action, and Teddy goes, I'm going to bet $15,000. And he's and he goes, whoa, time. And his narration goes, um, I want Teddy to think I'm pondering uh, a call, but what I'm pondering is Vegas and the fucking Mirage. Yeah. Because um, he, he, he has Teddy in his trap, everything he does, and he goes, okay, I have... You're 15 and another 33 to raise you. And then he takes all of his, he gets, he gets his fingers around all the chips and pushes them in because, and he says, because I don't think you have the spades. Yeah. And you just see John Malkovich's face light up and he goes, you're right. And as he, as he's saying this, he's putting his chips in. He goes, I don't have spades. And you see, uh, Matt Damon, his eyes kind of like die a little bit. And he goes, I know before the cards are even turned over. What do you have? And he goes aces full, Mike. And he has two aces, which gives him a bigger full house. Three aces over two nines instead uh, of two, three nines over two aces. Yeah. And he does the be- I remember it was the first time I saw that. I was like, damn, that was such good acting without saying anything. Because you just see his shoulders drop and his face. It looked like someone had just said, like, Matt Damon, your mother just passed away. Like, he just, Popped like, died. Yeah. And, and after this, he shoved all this his money big in. Russian arm comes over and rips all the chips off the table um I didn't know John Malkovich had a big Russian arm no it's not one of his henchmen oh and that starts the whole movie because at that point he has to make a bunch of promises and never gonna gamble again and shit and then obviously that's not the truth because his best friend Edward Norton gets out of jail but it's such a good narration of how the game works and, and you know, ch- if you can't figure out who the sucker is in the first 30 minutes at the table, chances are you are the sucker. And just all these cool, like, it's it's a very cool movie to watch. It's very stylish. And uh, it's it's held up, because it was, it was filmed in like 97 or 98, so it's at least 20 years old now, 21, yeah. 22. Yeah, Matt Damon looks very young. It's held up extremely well. It's It's fucking love that movie so that uh that opening scene that stresses me out where he seeing anybody lose money freaks he, me out he loses money. everything yeah it's such a frustrating movie too when worm comes into everything and just starts ruining shit for him yeah like his life is finally back on track he's like very close to graduating and becoming uh a, like a criminal prosecutor and uh edward norton comes in and fucks everything up jeez so it's uh I'm trying to think. He's got a couple grand in, it's like four grand what's four grand plus fifteen plus thirty three? 
48, 52. So he loses about $52,000 on one hand. It's everything he has. So it's. I'm sad losing a hundred bucks. I couldn't imagine. So that's my. uh, I would shit my bed losing a thousand dollars. The score of that movie, the sound, like, of just the score when he, like, his balloon gets popped. You're just like, oh. Like that that's one of the best score it's a top five score. Oh you, wow. You wouldn't you wouldn't think Ray Anders would be a top five score, but it really is. It's the, the score in that movie is so well done. Uh, I don't think I've ever watched that movie in, from front to back. Oh man. That's interesting that you say that though, because you listen to a lot of scores. A lot of scores. That's a yeah. top five score. It really wow. is. Yep. Rounders right. is Rounders. Yep. Check that out. So my subbing in number four, since Brina took two and did the revenant and a play. Uh, is, did you guys ever watch Dexter? No. no. Dexter has one of the best intros I think I've ever seen. And you guys, for those of you who don't know what Dexter is about, Dexter is about a guy who is a crime scene investigator. He's like the guy that kind of comes in and looks at everything and figures out how it's all done. Like a CSI guy? Yep, but he's also a vigilante killer. And he's so good at killing because he works for the police and yada yada yada. He knows what they're looking for. So the intro every week is him. It's like a a morning routine. But the subtle, it's all macro shots of all this stuff. Yeah. And the subtleties of like everything he's doing adds such a grotesque (laughs) and like carnal view on like he makes meat. But the meat, it's all up close, and he cuts it so it looks like you're cutting just flesh. Yeah. I've never seen Uh, this before. He's shaving, and he cuts himself, and it shows the blood going down. But when he dabs it with the the tissue, it goes up on the tissue, so all you see is the blood absorbing into the tissue. He cuts through that sock like it's like an over-easy egg. This is a beautiful intro of, like... All these, every day, you would never think about it. He makes, they make all these activities so violent. Yeah. And so, like, grotesque. Yeah, like, there's more behind it than just the act of... Exactly. Of shaving, or of eating, or of... Tying your shoes. Yeah. Flossing. It's beautiful. Interesting. This is interesting. It's interesting seeing it without sound, too, because I've never seen it before. Yeah. It's all, like, instrumental type, like, intense. Yeah. Let me just quickly. So the sound is even, like, it it makes it even creepier. Yeah. It's like this old-school toy piano that's playing, like, almost a fair song. Right. Oh, they're very intricate on the sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, like, getting real close to the cutting. And yeah. The so, yeah, the audio is, over the is skin. included on the macro shot. Yep. It's just, it's, when you know that the show, like, when you watch it and you know that he's a killer, all these things just become, like, creepy. Right. And, ooh, it becomes ooh. more sinister. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. And I like the the 
different perspective of a of a show intro right instead of a movie yeah i didn't even have that cross my mind well i wasn't gonna put it in there for this yeah. and it's like because it's the repeated intro it's not like an intro to one show right or but one it's episode a, it's a, i mean it's a great example of an oh, intro man. but it's a good like slide in number right. four totally. I, didn't, I didn't think of any fucking tv intros the, the intro from tales from the crypt I feel like to scare the shit out of me. I feel like TV intros can be their own thing totally. because that's like a repeated yeah, over absolutely. and over. Yep. Yeah. So let's <laughs> take that. Yeah. New episode. That, that's... Good call, Nate. Good call. Hey, Nate, Nate, set us off with Dexter there. Nate, I knew there was fucking more to you than just sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is number three. Mm-hmm. My number three intro. And it's a whole opening scene, but is the first scene in Scream. Oh. It, that opening scene with Drew Barrymore by herself and the guy calls and gets her on the phone and it's a slow build, you know, you think it's a playful thing at first and then it changes. It is a perfect build. It's so good, and it's so terrifying because that movie was one of the first of those that could really happen. That movie scared the shit out of everyone who saw it. That that wasn't like a, a ghosts and ghouls, a you know religious haunting. It wasn't anything that had to do with supernatural. That was real life possibility. What 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 was it? What was he trying to get out of Drew Barrymore where it finally uh, cracks to the point where he goes, "Why do you want to know?" Oh, is he saying what's her what's your name? Because he says what and she says, "Why do you want to know?" And, I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah, because I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah. What did you just say? Yeah. Because I want to know who I'm talking, talking to. to. Yeah, and she says that's not what you said, and then she starts to get a little freaked out, and then she keeps hanging up on him, and he keeps calling back. And then he finally... Yeah, listen to me, you asshole. You listen to me, you little bitch. Yeah, you hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish. And that... I mean, I was in junior high when this movie came out. I had never heard anybody say anything like that. I heard a lot of shit. Like, our parents didn't care if we watched R-rated movies. I was watching MTV and 90210 and Melrose Place. You were, you were an MTV girl. I was an MTV girl. Wild, whore, <sighs> skank. But hearing... That phrase, too, being told to somebody when you're already scared that you think that somebody's watching you and they say, you hang up on me again and I will gut you like a fish, I would shit if that happened. And if you're all by yourself, the phone keeps ringing, I, I mean, the whole scene is great. Yeah. And how he dupes her, he, he gets her fucking anxiety up and, so and, much. and works her up. In that excitement of, you know, that that wrong answer where she's screaming, Jason, Jason, Jason. It was Jason. I've seen that movie a thousand fucking times. And then he just slices her with, well, then you should know that in the first movie, it was Jason's mother was the first villain. In the talk about someone's balloon pop. Like, she deflates physically in that. In... That it's just such a great opening scene. You are, you're let in. You're you get two kills. They're nasty. Seeing the mom. And hearing the voice over oh, the phone. Oh yeah. And hearing then hearing her just breathing. Barely. Yeah. And then seeing her, 
it's like a gutted. Hard, it's like, like a hanging hard from cut the, hanging, yeah. Drew Barrymore hanging. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a gnarly scene, but it's so good. It's such a good opening yeah. scene for a for a, uh, a horror for film. For a horror movie. That, yeah. yeah, that was great. So so good. And I love that they use they use Drew Barrymore for the uh, poster on that. Yeah, for she she was headlined. Yeah, and she was only in the first twenty minutes. That was it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was Neb Campbell. Bull's ass, great. <laughs> Bull's ass, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Neb Campbell, Matthew Lillard, fucking love it. Yeah, that's my number three. Scream. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Who was who was in a um. Okay, it's screen two when they show um, they show uh, a, like a snippet of Stab, mm-hmm. the movie they're about screen. Yeah, Jada Pinkett's in it. No, Jada Pinkett. Or she's in the audience. No, yeah. No, but they show it and it's Skeet Ulrich's character in Stab. Yeah. Says something like, leave me alone. He goes, so stupid. He like hits himself. <laughs> who? It's like Christian Slater or some shit. I don't know who it is. Um, Christian Slater. Okay, that was good number four, though. Yeah, three. That was good number three. Uh, my three is I thought was gonna be my number one. My three is Mission Impossible three. Oh. And I think all three of us watched this intro like last week. Um, you Nate, do you remember this one? Mm-hmm. Is this uh, the one with the Fuji song? Nope. Uh, that was number five. Is that the one with uh? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, it is. I'm gonna hurt her. With Owen Davian. Yeah. The the movie starts with uh, a very light like like that, and it's that's obviously the sound of uh, uh, Tom Cruise, Ethan um, Hunt getting electrocuted, and he gets electrocuted awake. He was yeah. Oh, and you just you see his face, and he's tied up, and you hear Philip Seymour Hoffman say, "I put him up. I've put." An explosive charge in your head. Does it sound familiar? And it's an interrogation scene. And he's like, basically, it just, I mean, and the audience knows nothing. And he's like, Ethan, where's the rabbit's foot? And Ethan looks confused. He's like, well, I gave you the rabbit's foot. I, I gave you, Ethan, where's the rabbit's foot? And you don't know if he's bullshitting or if he really doesn't know what he's talking about he's like i'm going to count to 10 or i'm gonna kill her and that's when the camera pans and shows um bridget monaghan which you don't know who she is but obviously ethan hunt cares about her and doesn't want him to kill her right and she has duct tape over her mouth and she's like pleading and moaning she's like, and he's like the the range of acting that Tom Cruise shows here, because he's like, he counts. He's like, one. And he starts talking. He's like, I'm not going to talk to you like this. You need to let her go. Two. And he's like, I, I don't, you, I, you're telling me right now what I didn't give you was the rabbit's foot. I thought I'd get three. Would you listen to me? And he like gets angry. And then at seven, he shoots Bridget Monaghan in the leg. And that's when... What's he counting to? Ten. Oh. Because <laughs> up until then, he's, like, talking to him. He's like, you're not going to get... I'm not going to tell you shit. Yeah. We're not going to talk to this. We're going to talk like human beings. And he says something snarky back. He was like, how are you talking to me up in the helicopter? 
uh, or some shit like that. Yeah. And when he shoots Bridget Monaghan in the leg, that's when things become real for him. He's like, you fucking don't think I'll do it? I'll fucking do it. And he gets to like eight. And that's when Tom Cruise starts crying. And he's like, I want to help you. You got to help me help you. I don't, I don't know what you need. Tell help me what you me. need. Help, no, help pretty much. You. And he's at nine at this point, and he's just and he's saying he just keeps repeating the word no because everything he's trying to throw at Philip Seymour Hoffman is not working. Everything he's saying is not working. He doesn't know what he needs because he and you find out later in his heart of hearts he thought what he gave Philip Seymour Hoffman was the rabbit's foot, and yes. and then he just goes ten and you hear him no and then a gunshot and then the whole movie starts. It's a very fast. Like, like dun, 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 you do, yeah. That um, Tom Cruise is a guy that can still form you with his acting. It's such a good performance right there. Can't Just, catch me, gay thoughts. Yeah, it's such a good range of emotion where he's confused at the start, then he's like suave, like mm, rabbit's foot in Paris. The rabbit's foot's not in Paris. You know that. Okay, well... I, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> but when you, when he, he cries really good, and when he starts crying, when he's just, you know, he has, right. he has nothing left. Is this your number fucking three? <laughs> she just tries to put down all our lists. I know. So hers seems better. Yeah. Well, mine is better. Oh, uh, for number four, I couldn't decide, so I just took two. <laughs> That's weird, because I just, I heard two Sabrinas in the room right Right? There. Yeah, instead of just like her. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and that set, and then right after that scene, it goes straight to uh, a happy party moment, and you realize it's his engagement party to Bridget Monaghan. You time travel back. Right. Yeah, so he goes, you know, the start of the movie goes a little bit back in time. He farted, and then he timed it. <laughs> yeah, <it's funny. coughs> I love how those movies started with that. Yeah, the, the, the fuse. Yeah. The yeah. fuse. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah. The mis- I, I, that, call that a guilty pleasure or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Those movies floor the shit out of me. Me they too. I'm very they don't floor me, but I like them. I don't, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but I'll watch them still, but they don't, I'm not like jacked up, like I can't fucking wait for the next Mission Impossible, but I do enjoy watching them. When I was a kid, I never got the hype for 007, but I always got hype for Mission Impossible. Oh, uh, Mission Impossible. Well, after so I saw the very first Mission Impossible, that movie floored me when I was a kid. More the first that. Mission Impossible is incredible. It's so great because that to me was like bringing to life all the shit that you heard about yeah. Mission Impossible right. and like making it real. Like, all the weird gadgets and weird things. and Yeah, the gum, the masks, all of it. So cool. So, so cool. Um, I'm trying to think of all the intro scenes, because there's a big, like, teaser intro scene to every movie. Yeah. And I I can think of everything but the second movie, the one that was directed by John Woo that was way over the top, and the fifth one. Second one's the one with the motorcycles, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's John Woo. Um, that one that we should call it, we should call that kicking impossible. Right, that role Philip Seymour Hoffman played is so great. I know we've said this many times, but god damn it, he went way too soon. Way Rock too climbing. Soon. Yes. Oh yeah. The fucking the, yeah, where it goes backwards. <laughs> 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 yeah. And that 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 was the most low key. What was the fifth one? 
I thought that was your Fuji one. Uh, that was the Fuji trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. not the intro. But the fourth one is him in the Russian prison, where he breaks out to. Now I want to watch Mission Impossible. Uh, luck. I think it's. No, it's not Luck being later than that, but it's. It's the song where everyone goes to Vegas and he's playing. It's the one where he's on the plane. He's like holding oh, yeah, on to the plane yeah, yeah. and it's taking off. Ethan, the door's opening. Yeah. yeah that one, yeah. Benji! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Benji! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Benji! Benji! The door! Open the door! <coughs> Not that door! The big door! <laughs> now I want to watch Mission Impossible. Um, and in the sixth one, they introduced Henry Cavill. He's a dreamboat. He, they make him look humongous. Yeah, huge. There is a long fight scene. Well, with, with him and Ethan, they probably make him look huge just by making Tom Cruise look his normal size. Right. I just thought about that. But he, right he, now. he does like this. They're both in suits, and he just does this fucking like he's shaking out his muscles in the bathroom. Yeah, his shoulders look yeah, massive. He, just, he makes like like it's three like movements in a suit, and yeah. it's just like oh. Fuck. Fuck, that's a good one. You haven't seen the sixth one yet. I don't think so. It's, it's probably the best one. They just keep getting better. Nice. I love Henry Cavill. Good awesome. number three. Thanks, Bob. What's your yeah. three? My number three is moving back into the Western, and that is the intro to No Country for Old Men. And this intro is, for those who haven't seen it, it's a very slow-moving, methodical movie about... Um, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Brolin. He like lives out on the range in I don't know Texas. I want to say yeah, one, a, a big open it is. country. It is hundred percent Texas. Um, and he's hunting one day and finds a like pretty much a busted drug de- like a drug deal gone bad where everybody that was involved killed each other. And he finds a bag of money there. He takes it and tries to hide it for a bit and is very sketched of, you know, did anybody see me? Is someone going to come after this? Whatever. And the whole movie kind of starts unraveling when this killer, Anton Chigurh, starts coming for the money. It's very, it's filled with a lot of quiet. I don't think there's a score in the movie besides maybe a little bit when there's the, the coin flip scene. Mm-hmm. But the start of this movie sets it up. It's it's just shots of the range as the sun is coming up. It starts out kind of dark, like just that first bits of twilight. And it's Tommy Lee Jones talking and saying that he's been a sheriff in these parts for however many, 20 years, however many years. And that this guy was arrested and they let him go because something, something, something. And you kind of piece together, I don't think you realize it at the beginning of the movie, but if you watch it again, you kind of piece together that he's talking about a new story about Anton Chigurh, I think. Mm-hmm. And this it's like two and a half minutes of this literally just going from shot to shot of just fields and hills and rolling. And it's there's no noise but the wind it's and Tommy scenic. Lee Jones yes, talking. And the last scene as it goes into the rest of the movie is a cop pulling someone over who... He's, all you see is the back of the cop, the back of the guy. He puts him in the car, closes the door, and then it's a close-up on the passenger seat, and he puts the weapon, the cow prod 
gun weapon in the car, closes it, and then drives down this long, you can see for miles down this one straightaway road. Yeah. And it just sets up, that's the tone of the whole movie. It's this, like, quiet, quiet. suspenseful, methodically moving, like, slow-paced, pay-attention-to-every-detail movie. And it's one of my favorites. I think it's a beautiful movie, and... I've already said that Anton Chigurh is one of the best villains that I think I've seen. Yeah, it's one of the creepiest villains for sure. The whole, that quarter scene is such an intense and like on the edge of your seat the whole time because you know what this guy's capable of. You know how sweet and innocent the guy working the place is. Right. And you know that it could go bad at any second. You're fearful for him to lose. Right. Yeah. And it's not even lose because, you know, during this whole thing, he's kind of just messing with him a little bit. Right. Did you... Forgive me if you're talking, but it's there, there is. Uh, he would have got away with that scot free if he didn't have a heart. Did you talk about that? Because at the very uh-huh. start, he gets he he gets away with when he comes across the 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 drug deal gone bad. He gets away from it scot free, but when he is taking the money, and the Mexican dude is shot and he's bleeding oh, yeah, out, yeah, he's yeah. just like agua. Told you I ain't got no damn agua, and like he gets home, everything's fine. And then you can just see, like, his hands start clicking, and he's like, fuck. Yeah, that's, he literally, he says fuck or shit or something, he's yeah. like, fuck. And Gets he, a jug and of he, water. And he, and he fills up, like, an empty milk carton uh, full of water, and he brings it out there. And when he goes out there, he's already dead. Yeah. And then he there's gunshots at him. Like, he just, right. showed, he just showed up at the worst time possible. Well, I think he's, he's out there, and then he sees lights over the horizon, like a truck pulls up, and he's like, shit. And he's hiding down there, and then that's when he's like, do they see me? Do they see me? And he's kind of peeking, and then the shot comes, and then the dogs start chasing after him, and then it's the fucking run to the river. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, it's a great movie. That's, yeah. a, that's such a good movie. That uh, So the guy that wrote that, his name is Cormac McCarthy. He also wrote The Road. Ooh. <coughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, and he wrote, so there was a message board online. It was right after I got done with It, when I read It, and... Uh, I was like kind of on a dark train and the the reddit question was what is the darkest book you've ever read and a resounding number one answer was a book called blood orchid by cormac mccarthy i've heard this and uh i've read half of it and it's hard for me to read just because it's uh it's a western and um i think it's about the um the market for scalps oh or some shit like that um, market for scalps yeah Skelet, selling scalp pellets yeah um but or pelts scalp pellets. yeah so when the road was being filmed they filmed a small b- bit of it in uh astoria that's when i was uh working at the, the hotel elliot and i checked in john hillcoat who uh funny enough was uh the director for the road and for triple nine what we talked about at the start of this episode mm-hmm um good old john hillcoat huh the little boy johnny hillcoat cody smith mcphee he's been on a couple movies Viggo mortensen and cormac mccarthy and uh i gave i didn't know who he was i gave him the shittiest room he had in the hotel <laughs> i feel bad you stayed in room 308 man i'm sorry if i knew who you were i would have given you something better is that the haunted room no there's a couple rooms fucking demon trapped room no we, you told us the story yeah, it's no secret anymore yeah Devil room. You're, you're wow. No country for old men. Number three. That's a good one. Yeah. He's fucking long in the short places and short in the long places. 
That's how the movie kind of is. No, it really is. We're at number twos. Deuces. I don't need to say anything about it. It's fucking Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> the this, circle. Yeah. I mean, this this almost when I get to my number one, I'll explain why it's my number one. But this would have been my number one. This intro, the build and the song and the light in all the animals, it. I was just telling the guys the story today. I was riding on the plane. Uh, it was like a deadhead. And I had to sit in the middle seat watching a movie on the plane. I picked freaking The Lion King because it was new in choices. Hadn't seen it in a while. And literally by the first two minutes in the intro, I'm crying in my seat watching it. It's so good. I haven't seen it in forever. There's a, there's a part that always killed me. It makes me want to cry thinking about it. It's so good. But it killed me in a funny way. And it's, who, who voices the three hyenas? I know Whoopi Goldberg is one of them. I don't know. Is he also? It's Whoopi. But, but it, but oh, say it again. It, it's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them claps back at another one. And someone said, like one of the hyenas is talking shit. And the other one, I think it's the Whoopi Goldberg one, goes, whatever, cactus butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, good. It's uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and the other one is Cheech Marin. Is it? Yeah, one of them is Cheech Marin, and then I don't know who the uh, dumb one is. It's so good. All the animals that are moving toward, they're starting to walk to Pride Rock. It's the morning, and then when they cut to the shot of little baby Simba and freaking Mufasa and Sarabi are loving on each other, and... Uh, what's the freaking baboon's name? Rafiki. Rafiki picks him up and puts him up in his arms and presents him to the whole freaking pride rock, the whole land, and all the animals start going crazy. And then when they cut back to him and his eyes open a little bit and he kind of realizes what's going on in the... yeah, Elton John, I mean, come on. What's the line that Jay Z says uh, when his verse starts? And uh, I'm like Chief Keef, Chief Keef meets Rafiki, Rafiki who been, been lying came to you. you. So good. Yeah, I'm like Chief Keef meets Rafiki who been. Oh god. Speaking about Lion King raps, if you haven't heard Little Dicky's Lion King rap, oh yeah, it's gold. Yeah, it's really good. Uh yeah, I was right. So Whoopi Goldberg is Shenzi, one of the hyenas. Mm-hmm. Cheech Marin is. Bonsai, another one, and then Jim Cummings is the Jim. Ed. The tar. Oh, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Ed. Bubby. Huh? <laughs> and I have not seen the new Lion King yet. I neither. I want to. Bad. I want to. I haven't seen the new Aladdin either. Me either. I haven't seen any of them. I want to see them so bad. How do you guys feel about uh, Disney doing a live action reboot of everything? Um, I don't hate it. Uh, I didn't like the Jungle Book. I thought that live action like oh they did do the Jungle Book. Didn't I didn't they? like that. I don't know why. The Mowgli weird. one or the different? no the real one. They did a live action, so there's a Mowgli one that's on Netflix. Netflix. Right. They did one before that. That was a live action. Oh, right. And, uh, and Bill Murray was Bill Murray blue. was blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah. see that one. I didn't really like it. Um, I didn't think I'd like the Lion King one, but the way they did it looks kind of dope. 
Oh, I'm kind of into it. it. I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait. I feel like they 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 picked the voiceovers perfectly. As long Seth as they do it right, I'm okay is with Pumba. it. In, yeah. uh, Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Billy yeah. on the street. It's, Timon, it's so good. Do you remember? I, I know that I showed you and Lindsay. I don't think Nate was here. Um, do you remember me showing you the Billy on the street episode where that 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 black woman uh, <laughs> has enough of him and flips the fuck out? Yeah. You got. The, I don't know who you're trying to sass for a fucking camera, but you got the right bitch to put you in a wrong motherfucking place. So good. Billy Billy on the street don't say shit. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So good, but I mean, he dug himself in that own grave because oh, right. he's fucking. He's like, she's like, oh, honey, I have kids. I, I, I don't, I don't want. Don't honey me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, right. he's doing that sad shit. He like walks away. The camera just catches her like staring daggers back at him. Okay. So good. I gotta show you that when we get off. The but area. yeah, he the, cracks me up. Yeah, having him as Timon and Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, Beyonce as Nala. Donald Glover as Simba. I there's and they brought James Earl Jones back. As they should have. They, right. oh, I would have that, boy, I would have right. boycotted the movie. 100%. Right. Absolutely. I think yeah, I agree with that. If they hadn't, that's the one person that is like, don't you change that. Absolutely. You fucking so good. change that. That movie is arguably the best Disney movie of all time. That's not I won't argue with that. That and Aladdin are my tied top yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, I, I would like yeah. to say that my favorite is Aladdin. I think the best they've ever done is um, The Lion King. It's so damn good. But that intro is one of, to me, like, I don't know why it's so emotional for me, but I love watching it. And it's so, I think it's the combination of, like, the music, the scene, what's happening. Do you, Plus those nostalgia points. Do you remember, right. d- Dad spent a bunch of money and a bunch of time on our sound system mm-hmm. in the living room. Yeah. And how he would show it off when every one of his friends would come over, he, would put, on, he would put on The Lion King. And it, it was it was a scene at the end when, like, it's a climax scene and, like, the thunder comes and the, <laughs> yeah, the rain and shit. Oh, see, he, whenever I was around, he would play... That THX sound, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, that was what he would be like. Sit down, and listen to this. <laughs> that that that's an irrational. That's an, that should have made my irrational fear list. That sound. The, and why is that such a dad thing? Come here and check out my new sound system. Yeah. Who else had a dad that did that? Uh, Tom did that shit. Right, but I mean, right in, top that yeah, dude on Instagram. Hit us up. Because I want to know who else had a dad that freaking did that shit. Our dad literally, anytime his friends would come over, once we had that back room finished, it was listen to this. He had speakers in all four corners of the room. It was a whole fucking surround sound system. He was into it. It was totally awesome. But he really, really liked to show it off. Does your dad show off his surround system? Write us in. Top that dude on Instagram. Also, do you like spider songs? (laughs) Check out every week because we release a new spider song. Uh yeah, so Lion King, that's my number two. It's a good intro. It's a great song. Uh, who does? I know that. Uh, so Elton John does the. Uh, Can circle you feel? Life. The, does he do the Circle Life too? Yeah. I know that he did the Can You Feel Love, yeah. it, which is a big song in it. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I just Elton can't wait. John did. Didn't Phil Collins do that? No. 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 Phil he, Collins did a continue. song. He did Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh yeah, you're right. I can hear it now. Mm-hmm. JTT didn't sing, right? No. 
Uh, who, who's saying I just can't wait to be king? Yeah, he did. That's you what he said. That? Yeah, he did. did. You sing that? Absolutely. JTT sing? Yeah. <clears throat> Here, I'll look at it. Um, I'm like 95% sure. Okay. I, I, to... I, I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't know whether or not this is true, but I'm surprised. I figured it was somebody else. I used to sing this in the shower when I was a kid when this first came out because I wanted to be JTT so bad. Yeah. Hey, hey, you are JTT. Babe. But I was like, dude, if I could be Simba. Wanna be the main event. That's one of the best songs in any... So, Disney songs, my favorite is Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And then Just Can't Wait to Be King is number two. Well, those those aren't bad, but they're not. There's a correct answer, and those are neither of them. Oh, well, what would that be? Gotta eat to live, gotta steal to eat. <laughs> As we tell, tell you about it, I got the time. <laughs> One so jump ahead of right now. Uh, oh you're God. both wrong. Oh, and I like so to eat, and Buddy's rather uh, tasty. <laughs> <laughs> What is Dinky's rather tasty. Gotta eat to live, gotta still eat. I'll tell you all about it when I got the time. One jump, head the bump, bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, You know what? I am wrong. That is second place. Number one is I'll fucking make you a man from Mulan. Oh, that is another good one. That's a great song too. Great song. Do you do you want to you want to get the air let out of your balloon a little bit? Take a stab at who sings that. Christina Aguilera. No. Oh, that's the that's the reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fucking Donny Osmond sings that song. He's the voice behind "I'll Make a Man Out of You." <laughs> okay. <laughs> make a man. But the best song, the best Disney song is. I can show you the uh, That's not my favorite. Shining shimmer. Oh, it's the best. I'd rather have the fucking steal the eat song. <laughs> Don't you dare close your eyes. There's also another one from an older Disney movie. Now I'm the queen, king of the swingers club. The jungle oh, VIP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what the fuck is that? That's from the Jungle Book, right? Is it? Do do do. I want to be like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, I can see it now with the dance. Oh, it's so good. There's another good one. Uh, Liz, if you're listening, chime in on this. The uh, one from Hercules, where they're all singing. Uh, To the Limit or something like that? It's like the, the, the... The ladies are all singing the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Nate, our, uh, our, our aunt, uh, my, my dad's sister, the one that I called Sarah Connor, she was, uh, married and had a kid, or you know, whatever, just with a long time relationship with a pretty bad alcoholic. And I was over there one time and he got so riled up over, like someone wanted to change the channel. He's no, we need to fucking watch this shit. This this, right here. And he was talking, it was on the jungle book and it was the bare necessities. (laughs) And he was like right in front of the TV. Look back. This is the fucking shit that I'm talking about right here. Like he was selling the bare necessities violently like we were A. Sit down. Yeah, no, it was like that. He's like, fuck, this is the fucking best scene in the world. Look at this motherfucker dance. And it was was, Dana was doing that to the bare necessities. (laughs) Listen to how just cool this is. It's, I love this song just because it has the different sound than I think I've ever heard. It's that old school, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jungle VIP. I'll be 
It's like that big band. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, oh it's so good. I wish that Nate liked jazz. There's, there's so many good jazz culture. I know. Disney kills it on every single one of their songs. You know what we should do? They kill it on a lot you of stuff. You know what stuff. we should do? What? Let's go fucking... We'll take Nate on our pass. Let's go fucking Disneyland. Oh, I'm down for that. Let's go to Disneyland. Disneyland's fun. Yeah. I haven't been... I've we can never do, been we can do, been a long We can time. do a day thing. They got that new Star Wars thing, too. I've never been to Disneyland. Ever? No. <gasps> what? <coughs> yes. Oh, okay. I haven't. That's good. It's fun. Well, yeah, we, I know. <laughs> we should go. Yeah. Well, it's the happiest place on earth. <clears throat> so I'm told. Well, it, what's Disney World then? Because I've been there. Uh, ten times better. The happiest world on earth. Yeah, it's just ten times better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to go as an adult. I want to do Disneyland. I want to do Universal. I want to go to that Star Wars land so bad. But yeah. Six Flags is fun too. Yeah, I do too. I want to go to that. Um, yeah. Lion King. Lion, Lion King. King. Number two. My number two is uh, comes from my single favorite movie that I've ever seen, and it is The Prestige. Oh. It's the movie that made me. I should know. I knew this. Fall in love with Chris Nolan, and uh, love him so much. Why don't you marry him? To fucking what? Not even the dudes. I need another Chris Nolan movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. That um, definitely needs to happen. Um, it's coming out. It's called Tenet. Really? T-E-N-E-T. And uh, there's a very brief synopsis behind it. It's like, high. it's something, something, high stakes, uh, espionage. Ooh. This is his side note, just so I can say it. I'm very excited about a lot of movies coming up. There are, I feel like, there are waves, obviously, that come through that movies are you know all right and i feel like marvel has been kind of holding on to most of the excitable movies there's a lot of shit coming up that i'm really excited about damn but continue what are you reading who's in this cat who's the cast is for this of tenant yeah robert pattinson john david washington Ooh. and aaron taylor johnson yeah i like who's him. aaron taylor johnson Kick-ass? aaron johnson yeah kick ass the guy the kid from kick ass uh, the main uh, guy. Savages with him and Taylor Kitsch. Oh! Yeah, like Blake Lively. Michael Caine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Clemens Posey. Uh, of course, Michael Caine. Of course, Clemens Posey. I don't know who will live it. <laughs> I know this. Oh, uh, Elizabeth Debicki. She's the gold girl from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Remember her? The gold. She's all gold and they chase him with the like... Remote control yeah, yeah, planes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who that is. I think this is a perfect segue back into mine because the voice of the intro of my movie is Michael Caine. Michael Caine. There you go. So it, it is Michael Caine and it isn't because the whole intro is Michael Caine, but the very first words spoken are of Christian Bale. And <clears throat> the, <clears throat> excuse me, the first frame we see, we're outside and we just see a bunch of top hats. On the ground outside. Yeah, and it was explained perfectly to us. It's one of those things where we don't quite know what's going on yet. It's a subtle, like, ribbing. It's a subtle spoiler. It's a spoiler, but you don't know what's going on yet. I feel like it's a major spoiler, but since you don't have the context, you don't have the context there. And you just hear very quietly Christian Bale's voice, and he just says, Christian Bale or? Christian Bale. Oh, okay. And you just hear, Are you watching closely? And then it goes black. Yeah, that's such a good intro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then it goes black. Give me chills. And you hear 
<clears throat> this is such a cool intro to the fucking movie uh, because it's Michael Caine and Michael Caine is doing a magic trick for a little girl and um, it's it's not it's not it's Michael Caine doing it but he's not speaking it's his narration mm-hmm. so he says every magic trick consists of three parts or acts the first part is called the pledge the magician shows you something ordinary a deck of cards a bird or a man he shows you this object Perhaps he asks you to inspect it, to see that it is indeed real, unaltered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. Where do you think you're going? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not... Um, it's rocking. I realize... Where do you think you're going? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sit down. This is the shit right here. Watch the way this guy moves. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, I realize this isn't just uh, his narration. It's actually the whole script. Okay. Um... <laughs> Um, so while he's having this narration, you get uh, a little taste of Christian Bale and, um, come on, Hugh Jackman yeah. and their world, um, and like what they're doing and they're, they're on stage for a magic trick. And then it goes back to, uh, Michael Caine and he says, the second act is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third part. <coughs> has a yeah, third part. Got the black lung. <laughs> third act. The hardest part. The part we call the prestige. And right when he says that, it goes back to um, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman's world, and Christian Bale is watching Hugh Jackman drown and struggle to death, and then it cuts, and you're just like, "Oh shit! There's so much set up here. There's so much set up here. Where do I go? Where do I even go? (laughs) Where is this gonna take me?" Um, This I just thinking about what I wanted to say about this movie. I just thought of another list we should do. And that's top five movies you like to watch with someone for the first time. Ooh. You've seen it, but yeah, they yeah. haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a movie that I love to watch with people for the first time. My one yeah. through five are Christian Bale movies. Yeah. Yeah. Or not Christian Bale movies, but uh, Chris Nolan movies. It's yeah. it's one of those movies that you're sitting there. It's like, I think of, I was a big Spongebob guy. Yeah. When Spongebob gets his excited face and his mouth is just open and he's like, using his eyes to look back and forth. That's how I feel watching this movie with someone. With for someone the, else. I'm just fucking like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the replay value because there's so many nods to the 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 audience and you're just like oh I didn't catch that the first time oh fuck I didn't catch that the tenth time oh fuck I didn't catch that the f-. it's one of those movies where it gets it gets done and you're like okay immediately time to restart that starting that over yeah it, the replay value is nuts it, that is I can without a doubt say that is my single favorite movie in the world. I like that David Bowie's in it too. Oh, he kills it as Tesla. As as uh, he plays Tesla in it, Nikola Tesla, and he kills it. That's a great. Movie. And I remember showing my dad that movie, and I was telling my dad, I was like, "Dad, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my fucking life." And he watched it, and he was like, "Yeah, it was pretty good." Uh, yeah, it's weird that Pierce Brosnan is in the movie. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's think being, it was Hugh Jackman. No, he's no. He thought. 
Bowie was Pierce Brosnan. Shut your mouth. Yeah, he's, and he's being 100% serious because when I told him David Bowie was in the movie, he's like, who? What? Where? Where's Bowie? I'm like, he's Tessie. He's like, that's not Pierce Bullshit. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Dad's a sweet symbol to anyone her apply. Prestige is great. A great choice. Yeah. I love that shot of the the hats. The that one line before it goes black from Chris uh, Christian Bale. Are you watching closely? Yeah, that ooh. After like when you see it again, it's like ooh shivers. Yeah. Because are you? He told me to watch. I didn't watch. Right. Um, you, there's narration from <clears throat> because uh, the movie's about rival magicians, and each uh, magician. Uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Christian Bale, for some reason, have each other's journals. So they're reading their thoughts, each other's thoughts, and uh, the narration of their thoughts over the landscape. There's this beautiful shot they have of uh, it's coming down of a trend when he gets to when Hugh Jackman has to go to Colorado to when he meets Tesla. And uh, of like this steam train coming through the snow wilderness, and he's reading um, Angier, which is Christian Bale's um, uh, Diary, journal. journal. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about a cipher. That's what. That's the only word. He's like a cipher. Um, that's the only like words you hear because his whole his whole journal is in code, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out how to unlock his journal. The whole movie. I love the shot of uh, when the all the lights go on. The my I I can narrow down my single favorite um, scene in that whole movie is with Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson. And if we're talking score, I said Rounders is top five. This is if this isn't the best, this is top three. Yeah. Um. So um, they keep they keep the rival magicians. So they keep showing up to each other's shows and fucking the shit up. And Hugh Jackman uh, is gets back to his place and Scarlett Johansson's like asking about it, like what happened. And he's like, "Did you hurt him?" And he's taking off his mustache, and he looks really confused. And he's like, "He he had a new trick." And Scarlett Johansson's like, "What was it?" And it keeps jumping back and forth from him explaining to Scarlett Johansson what's going on to Christian Bale on screen. Mm-hmm. And it just sh- the last thing you see is a ball in his hand and him go into what looks like an outhouse on stage. Right. Only fitting enough for one person. And then it goes black and you hear him bounce the ball and the screen, the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the score is crescendoing and she's asking, trying to get this like, information out of him he's like what happened did you, did you did you hurt him and he just like stops for a second and looks at him and the and the score cuts and he goes it was the best trick i've ever seen in my life and you don't get to see it you just hear it and your brain puts it together that he goes into this little box that's big enough for one person and bounces the ball across the stage and he comes out like On he gets transported side. yeah yeah but that's the ball. that scene of him like so dumbfounded and bewildered of he's like did you hurt was the trick any good yeah and he goes it was the best trick i've ever seen in my life so and can that's you imagine of... being in the competitive <clears throat> world of fucking magic yeah not in fucking 1708 right where it your was. fucking livelihood depends on it yeah 
That would suck. Yeah. That, um, I, I can't recommend that movie enough. Yeah, it's alright. Eat, eat my fucking tongue. Pierce Brosnan's pretty good in it. He is the shining star. Moving right on to another Nolan movie. My number two is The Dark Knight. I knew you were going to do this. That's why I gave it to you. Thank you. Well, nobody asked me, but I knew both of you guys were going to take this one and another one, so I gave them to you. No, nobody asked me, but Serena took two of them earlier and took one of mine, so... <laughs> Fuck me, right? They were both our number fours. We so both, I didn't take shit. Me and Nate both had the Lion King on our list. Yeah, Nate. I kept it off because I knew you were taking it. Liar. <coughs> Uh, but the intro to The Dark Knight, I, I've said it multiple times, I'll say it. The, I've watched this again recently, the whole movie, and the, I, it just further c- cements in my head that it's one of the best acting jobs I think I've ever seen. It's incredible. It might be the best, in my opinion. I know the opinions people have different. Right. It might be for me. His... Sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. So what Nolan did, if you guys remember, I'm sure you're going to remember once I remind you is he had an opening scene for that and he had an opening scene for The Dark Knight Rises. Um, he released those two scenes in front of big movies. So he released The Dark Knight Rises in front of like the seventh Harry Potter movie. Like it, it literally just played like a preview. Yeah. And he released The Dark Knight uh, intro scene in front of I Am Legend. Oh, interesting. So I don't did remember that. that. He did so that, but... Marco, who was a huge Batman fan, was like, we need to go see this movie called I Am Legend and it has Will Smith or something in it. We need to go see this because it's showing the first 10 minutes of The Dark Knight. I do remember that now. Now that you're the 10 minute thing that yeah. gets him. Uh, funny you say that because that Tenant movie, he dropped, Christopher Nolan just dropped a sneaky trailer. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to watch that after the show. Yeah. Um, but The Dark Knight Rises, again, it's... His acting performance is insane. Oh, and we're talking about Heath Ledger. <clears throat> of course. Yeah. Who else would we be talking about? Right. Well, just if any of these people <clears throat> listening, yeah, if they aren't familiar with The Dark Knight. We've talked about it enough. I know, but Heath we're, ta- we're talking about Heath Ledger. It's it's 99.5% Heath Ledger. Let's give a half percent to William Fickner. Do you have any idea who you're stealing from? <laughs> you and your friends are dead. <laughs> I, I make so, that... There, there is something that he does... That I was just talking to Nate about that I've been doing all week when we're playing video games. When he pops up out of his chair with a shotgun and he gets the first guy, he, the grit in his teeth, he goes, yeah! Like that, and he starts walking. Fucking, any idea where you're stealing from? Like, he's so excited yeah. to shoot this guy. And I thought about it, I think I would feel the same way. If I was, like, very scared and these guys were running around my bank and I, like, caught one of them. And like the tables just turned. Yeah. That adrenaline. Yeah. 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 So the scene, if if anybody's been living under a rock and you haven't seen it, under a fucking rock. A fucking rock. (laughs) The scene opens up where it's a bank heist with these, all these different clowns doing these different jobs of, you know, one's gets picked up on the side, he's got uh, his mask in his hand. Gets picked up in a van. You see two that are going on the this. They uh, zip line to this roof to like cut off alarms. Uh, once the alarm gets cut, one of them gets killed. They're all like de- de- accomplishing little tasks. Little tasks to uh, you find out they're robbing a bank. Yeah. And through this whole thing, one by one, they're all getting killed by each other. Um. And at the end of it. There's one left. He's loading up the bus. Uh, I think there's actually one driving too. And 
the bank manager asks who, do you know who we're, you're stealing from? You and your friends are dead. And the Joker comes back to him and he says, um, I can't remember. I know you do. Give it to me. Can I interject real quick? Yeah. So you're about 99% right. Before he says anything, <clears throat> there are two dudes left. And it's the Joker and the guy. Yeah. And he says, you know, I bet the Joker told you. To, he's, he's pointing the gun at the Joker. Because he's like smart enough to figure it out. He's like, I bet the Joker told me to kill you. Or told you to kill me, huh? Yeah. And that's when he goes, that's the first line we hear from the Joker. And he goes, no, no, no. I killed the driver. And once he says that, the guy's <clears throat> kind of like, huh? And the bus backs through the wall and hits the guy that's got the gun on yeah. the Joker. Like it was perfect. It's a perfect plan. It's a fucking perfect scheme. Yeah. So you know, it's already setting up that this guy, even though he's a lunatic, knows exactly what he's, he's doing. A, he's a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he, this bank guy, he's on the ground. He's, I think he got shot a couple times by one of the guys. That's why he's yeah. on the ground. Yeah. He gets shot in the stomach. And the Joker comes up and puts uh, like a grenade in his mouth. And as he's talking, I can't remember what he says, but he says, "What do you What do you believe in?" Oh yeah, and he says, "What doesn't kill you makes you stranger." And he unveils his. This is the first time we see Heath Ledger as the Joker. He takes off the clown takes off mask. the clown mask that he's wearing to reveal his actual clown makeup underneath. And as he's driving away, you see that there's a string attached to that grenade. He gets in the bus. They're about to drive away. You see there's a string attached to the grenade in the guy's mouth. And as they drive away, it pulls out. And his eyes are really wide because you think it's going to blow up. And then it's just a smoke bomb. And all this smoke just starts blowing. And he does the whole, ugh. But it's just such a great intro for a fantastic villain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's, it's all these guys doing those little jobs. And they're talking. It's like, you hear the rumors about him? What, that he wears war paint? Like, yeah, to, to, to scare people. Right. And you don't think, you're, you're expecting somebody that looks different from all these guys. <clears throat> you yeah. don't expect him to be a part of the minions. Right. Exactly. You don't expect him that he's going to be, he's already weaving in and out of this. He's been there the whole entire time. You get a sense of it with the shot where he's holding his mask in his hand, standing in the corner waiting to get picked up. One, for those, I read a little detail about this, that mask that the Joker has is the original face paint for the original Joker from the 1940s <laughs> Caesar, or whatever. Cesar Romero wore the same, uh, yeah. Wow. Same makeup. Yeah. So the mask is the same makeup as the original it's Joker. It's a nod to the yeah. original. Yeah, which and is so cool. The That's way so awesome. they frame, he frames that shot where it's on the mask. You see most of the guy, and then it starts zooming in on just the mask. And right as it's like getting into just the mask in frame, the van pulls up, and he st- it's still zooming in slowly, but he steps into the van. Yeah. So you get a sense, okay, this guy might be the Joker. Yeah. But it's... Fantastic! It's uh, it is a fantastic intro. It's so good. It, it that's your number two. Yeah. Oh shit. My number one has more <clears throat> attachment to me personally. Understood. It's so good. <clears throat> it's so entertaining. I we did we watch it today? Or was no. that on one of those lists that we saw? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw little clips of it. It's so fucking good. It's his so acting good. is insane. It's unbelievable. The, his vocal. His vocal shifts. Yeah. From doing it, come on, come on, go on. Those, that and yeah. the little little tiny face movements and the twitching and the the, the, the shit that he does with his tongue yep. and his mouth. Come here, uh, come here. It's so good. Well, hello, beautiful. He, you can tell that it, he fully became yeah. the Joker. Yeah. The way he does his hair when he's walking up to her. Hello, beautiful. Mm. I fucking love yeah. Licks his thumb and fucking puts it back. It must it's be Harvey's main so squeeze. good. Come here. 
Come here. Oh God, I love that. Um, I could talk. Time. I could talk the next couple of hours about this movie, but let's uh, slide over. So that was your number two. Number Brina, two. Brina, what's your number one intro? Number one. So the reason why this is my number one. This is the first movie, actually the only movie where the intro made me fall out of my chair laughing. I literally was in the theater and fell onto the ground. Oh, I know what you're gonna say now. It's Happy Gilmore. Yes, it is. <laughs> the the whole my name is Happy Gilmore. And he goes on that long monologue, and he starts doing, I had a lot of jobs. I was was a road worker. worker. All of that shit literally put me on the ground. A janitor. It was so good. A gas station attendant and a plumber. Yeah. Lately, I've been doing road construction. Not a bad racket with a nail gun, but one day my boss, Mr. Larson, got in the way. He also has a short fuse. He got a few lucky punches, but yeah. I still feel I won the fight. That intro is fucking perfect. It's so good. And I love even right after the monologue when it cuts to him. Uh, after touch he says my the, pop, one thing, the one thing uh, that, I, that I love, love playing hockey. And it cuts to him in the rink, and he fucks up that guy. Yeah. Don't you ever touch my puck, baby. That's my puck. <laughs> and then he goes, the two coaches are talking again? shit about him. Yeah, <laughs> and they go, yeah, but one hell of a slap shot. He hits the fucking puck. What does he do? Break the window? Breaks the glass right in front of the two coaches. And then he goes, is that goal regulation size or what? Jeez. And Jeez. He on that. And then Number he one. <laughs> Number 52. Number 16. You saw my power this year, man. No way they're going to dog me. It's- number nine <laughs> and number 43. For the rest of y'all. Hey, coach, I think you missed me. <laughs> number wasn't called. Gilmore, I called your name, didn't I? No, no, you didn't. Oh. Better luck, better luck next-, next year. <laughs> that wasn't very What are you doing? That wasn't very nice. <laughs> that fucking intro to that movie is so damn funny. She moved to Egypt where there's not a hockey rink within 1,500 miles. It's so good. <laughs> fucking wife is doing this in front of the dad's face. <laughs> I like to go live with my grandma in Waterbury. Uh, she dressed up like Gene Simmons from Kiss to make me feel better. She's Jimmy. the sweetest woman in the world. <laughs> the um, the bad trip he has when... Where he tries to go to his happy place. He tries to go to his happy place and like she's got the kiss mask on. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's got... He, yeah. So good. Oh god. That's... I know that's he. I know that's how he like cuts back. It's oh god! But when he starts swat, there's like three feet of tongue, and he starts swallowing it. It's so good. That, I love when, that. When he comes over and pops his collar, and then does his fucking his, double guns his, thing, his thrust yeah. hit. Yeah. yeah. I still think that that would be such a good group Halloween costume. Happy place. Oh yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, it'd be so fun. Yeah, uh, Virginia Bennett. Grandma, the Gene Simmons also, face. Yeah, also that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good one. I remember um, you and Anthony and Tony Malinan. Uh, Mom took you, Anthony, and Tony Malinan to Seaside to go see this. Uh, uh, it was the Liberty in Astoria. Was the Liberty? Yeah. Uh, and then you, which it which was, was the upper theater, which was fine for me. You guys left me home, and I got to, and Dad was like, "No, you didn't get to go to the movie, but you get to play Doom on the computer." I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm playing Doom." <laughs> And I was super pumped to like play it, so I just played that for hours. Me and, and I, Anthony like, came home and immediately were quoting the movie. Yeah. And Todd and Hiram made so much fun of us. 
uh, our, our piece of shit. Anthony, Anthony the says the same thing. He said nothing. Like he had literal pain in his stomach from how hard he was laughing at that movie. I fell out of my chair. Like I was on the ground. The, there are theater. two movies so, that have that, that have made me, made me so hard. like laugh where I can't breathe, and they've been somewhat recent movies. Um, not that early, but uh, The Hangover was one of them, and Superbad was the other. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite killed me in the theater. Oh, really? Killed me, yeah. I saw that after everybody saw it. I, I, I watched it. I didn't know anything about it until everybody started quoting it. I think that's <laughs> kind of what pushed me down like the weird humor train. <clears throat> yeah. Of like, people saw it and obviously everybody loved it because it was so different. But I saw it and I was like, I like this. Whatever this is doing, going down that like weird... Right. Uh, Think you should leave type fucking right. weird. Yep. That's my shit. When when he's looking forward and looking back, like he's trying to get away with something on the bus, and then he just fucking throws out <laughs> yeah. he throws out his I action figure. That shit failed me. And he fucking like yeah, fumbles yeah. with the thing and yeah. then holds it like, down what and like the goes fuck are we watching? And the people that are like on the bus next to him that see him are just fucking looking at him, he's just out the window fucking. But it's <laughs> yeah. so, but it's, it's hysterical so because I feel like we all knew a kid that was just like that, and that's why it was funny. Yeah, like you sh- went to school with that kid. That shit killed me. Oh, fucking died. Get your own tots. The fucking chicken workers. Keep bringing So I, I check, but I've looked at I've looked at the uh, the subtitles right there. He says over there, me and Earl found some Shoshone arrowheads. Yeah. <laughs> Do the chickens have large talons? Do the chickens have what? Boy, Do I don't understand a damn long? word you're yeah. saying. He just be quiet and puts his head down. That movie killed it's me. So funny. Last week, Your Japanese scientists explosed <laughs> placed explosives on. How proud of himself he is when he says that. Yeah. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> Good. Yeah, anyway, number one, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Suck it. Oh, man. No. I had, to, I had to hit it off Frankenstein's fat foot earlier. No. Doug, kick him off the tour. That's one of the best Why villains. not, Doug? That's one of the best villains I've ever seen in my life. Shooter McGavin? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That is... Shooter! Choke on that, someone, baby! Someone said that to me the other day. It was Jake Bogue. Just out of nowhere. He's like trying to get by me. Excuse me, this is golf. <laughs> That's so genius. It's so good. Like just, and that's so that's such a fucking Jacob thing to do. Yeah, just straight face. Like, Excuse yeah. me, this is golf. Like you're not it's not a setting where you're expecting somebody to throw a joke in. He's just trying to get by. Excuse me, this is golf. Excuse me, this Jake, is golf. Jake is the master of not saying shit for a day and then the one thing he says fucking kills everyone. It's so good. This is golf, not a rock concert. Um we ready for my number one? I guess. And don't I guess me. Okay, don't I guess me. Well, go then. Um, number one. I don't know why you're not going. Number one scared the shit out of me. And so, number one. Will you shut the fuck up? My so, num- my number one is. <laughs> yeah, thank you. My number one is a Morgan Freeman movie, and it's called Lean on Me. Oh. Lean on me. Yeah, you know what I'm talking Welcome about? Welcome to the jungle. Yes. So it's. Oh, this is such have you, good have you seen this, Nate? I don't think so. Can can we can we? It's up to you because you're um, basically for those. Bill of you, Conti. Yes. So Bill Conti's the same guy. 
Pause it real quick, because this isn't the, this isn't the superstar. <clears throat> so the movie is Morgan Freeman is a principal or a teacher, and he's doing really well. Like he's someone that everyone likes. And Very he, well respected. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an urban uh, public school, and he gets transferred out. And um, when he leaves, like it's it just shows like it's a really good, healthy like school. And when he leaves, they show the deterioration of what the school becomes over like ten years. And the movie is about him coming back and cleaning the school, and it's a true story. But they have uh, it's this montage of the school and how shitty it is and they've set it to welcome to the jungle by like guns, and guns and roses nate watch this that is one of the most intense uh intros i forgot about how bad that was i i made a joke my one of my first days at community college um where i didn't know a lot of people but like the six or seven people because i went to community college one whole town over from my high school right. and I was just like oh shit dude this is like the start of Liam on me and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about it was just movie with Morgan Freeman hey, shut up like, All right, shut up nerd yeah so Who it's is this guy yeah um it's an intense opening it is so for those of you who haven't seen it it, it paints a pretty nasty picture of this inner city high school it's riddled with violence what did we drugs. see in it? we saw uh we saw a, a wholesale uh, drug deal, so the guy can sell drugs inside of the school. A gun being sold, a teacher trying to break up a fight, and the guys beat the living shit out of the teacher. Or the teacher head bashed like, into yeah, the gets floor. his head bashed in on the floor, floor. and uh, taken away on a stretcher. A gurney. A girl got bullied in the bathroom, stripped, stripped of naked, her top, naked. stripped of her top, and shoved out into the hallway. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna hate somebody. That's the way to do it. But the, the most suffocating part of the whole trailer for me is how crowded the school is. Right. There's well, that, so, that's part of that. There's so many people at that school, and it's so crowded, and 95% of them are black. Like, it's an urban, inner-city public school. Right. There's graffiti fucking everywhere. There are it, cages everywhere. It's, it is a perfect... <clears throat> um, like, the song is perfect for the the setting yeah it, it, it's an intense place it's literally i couldn't even imagine compared to that we went to the most relaxed somber gentle high school compared to that uh, i did see one brawl in the in the front of the office and there was blood all over the floor but well who did it, it. Yeah. of course there were fights and shit but it wasn't like that right it was nothing close to that so yeah, that's uh, my. I went to the jungle. That that opening montage paints such a good picture. Yeah, it's it's a that's a great choice. Yeah. Great, number one. Cool. It's all right. Thank you. All right, what's your number one hot <coughs> shot? My number one isn't just the intro, but it's like the first 30, 45 minutes of the movie, and it's Pineapple Express. I can watch that shit till the cows come home. So the opening scene it's is him driving. Hater, right? No, it's one Bill Hader. It's Bill Hader. So the opening scene is actually one that when I first saw, I saw this in the theaters. I saw this like literally the day it was coming out. And I went with some friends. I'm a big, I like to get there for the previews. The previews are half of the movie for me. I fucking love previews. But these people were. I don't like like people that don't like previews. Yeah. This was this type of group. They wanted to show up 10 minutes late because the previews are over and we get there. So we literally walk in right as it's starting. And for those who haven't seen Pineapple Express, it starts. 
as a black and white movie shot like it's like an old movie. It's like a PSA. It's this old car pulling up to, in a field, pulling up to this rock that looks a little fake and they open up the rock and it's like this hatch to go underground. It's like a a government underground bunker. Facility, yeah. Yeah. And this is like a government testing bunker. And inside there's Bill Hader in a room by himself with a, a joint weed and he's smoking it and then there's these guys that are like it's almost like an interrogation room where they can speak to him and be like okay what are you feeling yeah they're like observing him through like a double-sided mirror right and like they're you know how do you feel after consuming item nine i feel like a warm pat of butter milton a stack of flapjacks (laughs) i love that he says flapjacks yeah (laughs) <laughs> but anyway when we first saw this we came in to this old car in black and white pulling up to this thing and me and my friends walked in <coughs> watched like five seconds of it looked at each other walked back out and checked the like the board that says what movie is in there yeah because like, we didn't think it was pineapple express we're right. like what the fuck did we just walk into yeah but so that's the intro which is a good intro it's funny but it's the first 30 to 45 minutes of this movie that there is so much comedy packed into this. Just the subtleties of, like, meeting a drug dealer and you both think it's kind of awkward. This is back with a weed drug dealer and you have to go over to his house and he wants to hang out, but you don't really know if you should hang out. Do you want to hang out? Are you going to smoke with them? And then they get in this hijinks of, like, it starts out where you think they're just having high ideas of, Someone's coming after them. It's just the anxiety building up. And then it turns out to actually be like these stoner thoughts that they were having is actually what's happening to them. And these drug dealers are coming at... It's just hilarious. It's a... That 30 to 40 minutes, again, I can watch over and over and over and over Take that shit to the next level, Hans. All right, Chachi, that's big enough. Who the fuck is Chachi? That little shit kid. When they... The fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys want to buy some weed? Yeah, I know how to fucking smoke it. Um, <clears throat> um, I read, just just to go on what you were talking about, I read about this. Um, the question I read out was like, what's the funniest experience you've seen inside of a movie theater? And it's these people, it's these group of kids that were at uh, Cabin Fever. Oh. And he said there was an elderly couple with what looked like their grandchildren sitting right in front of them. Jesus. Yikes. And at, he said like 45 minutes to an hour into the movie, he sees the grandpa turn to the grandma. They go, I don't think this is rat race. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Rat Race is a great movie. What I mean, Rat Race came out at the same time as Cabin Fever. It's something like that. Like I'm pretty Holy sure. Holy shit. That's a good. That's a good like just imagine that. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a mix I don't up. Think this is e- Ethel, I don't think this is rat race. Jesus. But there's just so many jokes in that, and especially the, like the the weed jokes are just so funny. They're so funny. That movie's so good. Craig Robinson kills. <coughs> I it. He's love hilarious. Danny who's McBride is no, fucking. Who's the other guy? He doesn't. He I doesn't get a name. lot of name billing. Yeah, he doesn't. Right. But he's it's, funny. Too, that guy's though. funny and fucking anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny McBride is fucking hilarious. 
sold your own poison, man. You said you wouldn't do it. Yeah, but what'd you do? What'd you do? Yeah. I ate a box of nerds out of her butthole. Oh, you said you wanted to say. It's my cat's birthday. Uh, I didn't see a cat when we come in. Did we let it out or? It died five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry, man. So who's, I'm going to so, use the telephono. So, someone ring him. Tell us who that dude's name is. It's it's the same guy from Superbad. Mark from Superbad. Oh, yeah. Mark, call the cops. Use my fucking phone to call you fantastic friends, huh? Craig Robinson, that one line he says in it. I synced it. I synced it. I fucking love it. See? See? There it is. There yeah. it is. Used to be ruthless. I seen you pull off a man's jawbone with your bare hands. I synced it. I synced it. So good. It's cyclical, like the Terminator. <laughs> and Matheson, yeah, and Matheson. Hot Ted. They not here, Ted. They not here, Ted. Hot That's Ted. such a good. All, all, all of these are great. All uh, of these are fucking great. No, I'm gonna have to change before I go out to dinner with my old lady. She always smell it on me. <laughs> Wanna wear my vest? Smell good. Nah, it's not really my style. You ain't got no style, motherfucker. <laughs> I got no style, motherfucker. <laughs> It's just so good. That's it's so, so good. good. And the movie itself is great, but those first 30 to 45 minutes, I think me and Brett probably watched that, that 30, 45 minutes over 100 times in college. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really funny. That's, to me, it's the the one of the greatest intros of, like, just, I'm laughing constantly, and it builds up kind of the suspense, and, and then it just brings in more funny... The whole car when they're camping out in the woods. Dude, that's one of my favorite parts. Like, it's such a small line, but it's so funny to me because it's so, like, it's so wholehearted how he feels when he's so disappointed why the car died. It's like, uh, talk Talk radio? radio? So So boring. boring. It's like the car committed suicide. So upset. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. The best part about this movie is, again, all the things that they think are happening are happening. Are ridiculous ideas, but they're like what you would think of that that little anxiety of when you smoke. You're like, holy shit, what if that's happening? Like, the way they figure out they're tracking their phones is they're smoking. He's laying on top of the car out in the woods, and he's looking up at the stars, and a shooting star goes by, and he just goes, Space. <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> like, and he's like, what if, what if they're like tracking our phones? You know, like, what if they can find our location? Oh shit! And then it turns out they were actually doing that. Uh, it's great. That's so good. Space. What a bunch of good intros. No shit. What's, hey, cl- this oh. is an easy one to clap back on. Clap back. What are your favorite intros? I had some runner ups. Oh, Hold I got on. runners up too. I got some too. Uh, okay. The first Star <laughs> is so fucking dope. That first, I mean, iconic scene of the scrolling of the, you know, letting you know what's going on. But then that ship that rolls through, the, there's the little battleship and then that big ship. And that shows you, like, how massive right. it is. It makes you feel how so small. unequal the, oh, uh, the two crazy. sides are. That's Fuck what it. we saw someone talking about today, that, that juxtaposition. You start cheering for the underdog just because of the size. Right. Because everybody loves an underdog before you even know that the heroes are on there. Right. And I love that because you do, you, you're in, you're... You're, you're brought, committed you know, already. You're, yeah, you. They made such a good point. You're like you. You're following. You don't know what's going on, but you know something's going on. You're invested it's from the first so shot. So good. Um, Tropic Thunder, the previews. Oh, so genius. Who? Who? I think everyone. I, bad, bad boy I think oh, so everyone good. was like, 
is this the movie? Are we really watching right. this? Yeah. When when uh the dude, my name's Al Pacino. I load a pussy. Right. And he, I load up pussy. Booty juice. Yeah. Booty sweat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people just do, wait. Did he say pussy? Is this really? Are right. they saying this in the movie? Is this the, is this, is this a trailer? Dude. And then Fatty's fart too. Yeah. Oh That's what I heard. Was part of the yeah. Movie. Granny, gross. Jeff Portnoy and yeah. Jeff Portnoy in so good. Um. Toby McGuire. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that one. The music that kicks in, yeah. and then when they hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the same music from uh, uh, Always Sunny when they bring in what's his face? Schmitty. It's they so do the bell good. ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Brandon, I'm not supposed to say this to you or anyone, but Fatty's Fart 3 just got greenlit. <laughs> There's a partner for you. If you, you guys can't do me. what I do. Uh, <laughs> you can do what I do. <laughs> Right, uh, jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, grandma! Oh, uh, granny, gross. Mall rats. That opening scene, like that intro scene, where Brody is talking about his fucking cousin Walter getting the cat stuck up his ass. That's a great scene. Cabin, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then dazed and confused. That's one of the best freaking opening. Sweet scenes. emotion. Yeah. Fuck, that, that's a good intro. Laying out. Showing the characters that whole seventies fucking vibe. That that was the, I love those intros, those seventies intros of like oh, so it's that good. it's like scrolling. It's in they're all in the same place. They're either at a school or in the yeah, work, and it's just panning to it's each a montage. Person. Yeah, yeah, and like what they're doing when they it's get there. So good. That scene is so so good and such a great song too. What were you guys runner ups? Nate. Uh, one of mine is Drive. That. That movie is so it's it's one of those again quiet movies where there's not a lot of dialogue. It's just these intense situations and looks and what's happening. Yeah. Um, but the way it opens is he's doing a job for those who haven't seen it. Brian Gosling's a driver. Yeah. And his setup is when you hire him, you get five minute window because he's one of the best. He'll get you out of there in five minutes. Anywhere out of those five minutes, you're on your own because yeah. he's he's doing what he wants. Yeah. And he, there's like the first line is there's a thousand roads in the city or something like that. There's over a hundred thousand roads. Yeah, in the city, <laughs> and then it just goes into his first job that ends up like he has to run for, like it's just showing how he drives. Yeah. Like these guys rob a bank or something, they jump in the car, and then there's like they're obviously a A B whatever you say A P P. AVP. Yeah, out on him. APB out on him. And so everybody's looking for him, and he has to, like, do circles around all these streets, park, shut his lights off, go again. He ends up at, like, going into a game. Like, a game just gets out, a baseball game, and he parks in a garage and just walks into the crowd and disappears. But it's just such a great intro to the tone of the movie again. Right. And then for introducing characters... The Super Troopers intro is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You boys like Mexico? Yeah. Woo! The way they fuck with those kids yeah. is so good. You you get introduced to how these guys do their job and right. all the like little nuances of the characters real fast. It's so good. Littering and um, littering and one that I am really surprised, and I don't know if this will be on your runner up, Derek, but I'm shocked that it didn't make anybody's list. And I didn't put it on because I figured that you guys would have it, but Inglorious Bastards. I didn't put it on because I figured someone would as well. I know. That, that, that would have been most, my number one. Right. That is one of the most amazing opening scenes. Can we say that my that should have been like a collective number one if yeah. we didn't yeah. put it on because we thought everybody else uh, yeah, was going to yeah, put it on? Yeah. 
So there is a, there's a movie with John Goodman and Denzel Washington that came uh, that took place in 1998 called Fallen. You guys know what that is? No nope. clue. So it's it's a movie about uh, a demon um, that can like if I'm touching Nate on the shoulder, the demon can like go from me to him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thanks, dude. So the whole script starts with this narration, and it's I want to tell you about the time I almost died. I never thought it would happen to me, not at this age, beaten, outsmarted. How did I get into this fix? How did it all begin? If I go back to the beginning, that'll take forever, so let's start more recently, somewhere, anywhere. So that's all you get. And um, the, you, you figure out that the movie, like, they're like detectives and they're trying to like figure out how to beat this thing. And like, if you the body like dies, it has like a minute to like transfer through. Like it's it's... It's shape-shifting, so it's fucking impossible to die. Mm-hmm. So at the end, when they finally outsmart it and they, like, figure out how to, like, beat it and they kill, like, this body and then, like, they, they take everything away from it, you get this narration back. He's like, and that's, I cannot believe that two detectives finally beat me. This, I'm this perfect being, this perfect evil being. But remember at the start of the movie, or, you know, remember, remember when I t- talked to you first, this is about the time that I almost died. And right when the narration's saying that, there's a cat that walks by, and he like he touches the cat, and he's like, "This is the time I almost died," and like it's like a wink to the audience, like, "Oh, they didn't beat it, motherfucker!" And it's the end of the movie. Spoiler: uh, uh, It's can't, it's <laughs> fucking twenty one years old. You've been living under a rock, I'm Sabrina. Under a fucking rock. Sabrina gets the shirt this week. Next week she has to wear the under a fucking rock shirt. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you would be in. I'll fa- wear it. You would be in Fatty's Fart Three. Oh, yeah. I have a starring role. Granny, gross. <clears throat> if you got a good intro that we're missing, chime in. Let us know. Don't be a chimo and chime in. Amen <laughs> to that. You yeah. know who's not a chimo? Who? Larry. Weber. Oh, you know he isn't. Yeah. Larry's a sweet simpleton and wouldn't hurt a fly. Amen to that. Well. As always, we appreciate you guys listening and this tuning in. Was, I, this was a fun episode for Listen, me. Listen, remember to tell your friends about us. Let's get some more followers. Like, subscribe, share once. Yeah, if we get Rate some more followers, stars. that means we're going to get some advertisements. If we get some advertisements, we're going to bring some guests on. Cool. Do you want you you want Robert Downey Jr. on the fuck show? Is that ever happened to you? Yeah. Right. <coughs> I, I'd love to get... Your, like, gross cough out of here? Can you take your gross body out of here? Yeah, if anybody wants some advertisements, we'll advertise for you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, talk to us later. Thanks, Larry. Bye. Top that.